Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast where we're seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We're also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. Today, we're joined by special guest, Flip Rodriguez, who's a 12-time American Ninja Warrior and author of Man Behind the Mask. Today, he has joined us to have a conversation on the man behind the mask. Flip, thanks for coming on Unscripted. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. So you just recently wrote a book entitled The Man Behind the Mask. Yep. What was the the motivation? What's the, the real message behind that? Because that's such a strong title. Um, you know, the title was very easy to come up with. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, I wore a mask on American Ninja Warrior in my early seasons for like the first five seasons. And then I took it off on my sixth season. And then on my seventh season, I was able to talk about my story about my childhood abuse. And, you know, it just fit perfectly, that title. Um, and the book is specifically wrapped around my childhood abuse. Uh, it goes into more details that an American Ninja Warrior could not really talk about at all. And it, I partnered up with Bobby Sinatra Children's Center as well, who I've been partnered with since 2020. And they're actually a resource page on the book. So this book is designed to inspire people who are in, who are in the same place I was, or they know somebody that is, or they've already went through it, but can't understand how to deal with it. Um, kind of give them light and shed some resources for them. Uh, just kind of be that positive light for everybody, you know? Yeah, very cool. So you had mentioned the mask. I'm sure people have asked you this. When you originally wore it, was it symbolic? Was there a reason behind wearing a mask and then taking it off? Did it just kind of happen that way? Was it just cool? Uh, you know, what's very interesting is I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. I know sure. some people can argue it. For me, I believe that. Um, and funny enough, how the mask came up was kind of like Cinderella's slipper. Everybody else tried it on in the gym. Like some, some random person who came into the parkour gym I was at years ago, left a full Jabberwocky white mask. And then, of course, one of our buddies who's super creative, chopped it up, put some flame drawings on it or whatever, and basically started fitting it on people's faces, right? <clears throat> and I cannot write this. Like this legit happened. I was the last one. And he goes, Flip, that's you. And then I was like, what? He goes, this fits perfectly on you. I think you should keep it through parkour and we'll make we'll make a whole thing out of it. So what in, what we ended up doing was making a video about how the mask came about, but more with like, I kind of said like I had biological father issues, but I never really said anything. I was 19 at the time. And parkour was such a powerful movement for us specifically because mm -hmm. it challenges you to face fear you know, so many people are afraid to go upside down or jump a big gap, etc. Um, so the mask just kind of fell into my face, basically. And from then on out, it evolved into American Ninja Warrior because American Ninja Warrior called me because they saw parkour athlete. I was on one of the biggest teams at that time called Miami Freerunning. <clears throat> and we had just did another TV show called Jump City Seattle, which was on G4 channel. American Ninja Warrior back then was on the same channel. So they called everybody from that show to come over. And we were like, all right, like, I've never heard of American Ninja Warrior, but sure, I'll come try it out, right? And 
they're like, oh, but it's only filmed in Venice. So for those of you OGs who know American Ninja Warrior, you know it only filmed in Venice during the day huh. on the beach. And um, I started with it and it caught on to, to, I mean, social media had just started blowing up, you know. Um, Instagram was very popular back then and I just, I just never put it down. And then, you know, years later, the, this producer named JD just kind of poked the bear a little bit, you know. Uh, I was like, hey, I know there's more to you. I don't know what it is, but there's more to you. And that's kind of like how the mask came off initially was because he was pushing for my story, which I never thought in a million years I would I would talk about. Hmm. So what was the apprehension to sharing your story? Because you said you really didn't share your story till season six or seven. Mm-hmm. You've been on there for several seasons. Yeah. What was the apprehension behind sharing? Because you have an incredible story that is going to help millions. What was the apprehension to, to being yeah. in that real authentic self? Um, you know, I believe like everyone, a lot of people that I meet, they're like, wow, I want to be just like you. So positive, so motivated, so like mentally strong. And people always ask me one question, like, how did you get that strong? Like, what's the one thing? I'm like, there's like no one, everything's like little stepping stones, right? Little stepping stones. So to, this is basically what the book is about. All those little stepping stones that were major to me in my life to get me to who I am today. And one of those stepping stones was actually JD was one of those stepping stones um, where he kind of just like pushed to realize who I am, right? Like he's like, hey, I know there's a story because I can feel it through the mask and et cetera and how you present yourself with it. And it was like, literally he 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 for season five he was pushing for it i was like no i'm not doing it there's nothing wrong i'm a man nothing season six he was pushing for it again before the season started and i was like no like no but then it like planted a seed in my head and i was like man should i should i tell somebody should i tell them i was like no you know what you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take the mask off kind of like dipping my toe into the pool to see if it's cold um so i went through taking off the mask on season six it aired my mask came off and i was kind of like looking at my social media with like one eye to see how many negative comments were coming you know um and it went great so i was like oh wow people are willing to accept me for me that was like one stone and then the next season jd again third time in a row hey i know there's more to you You took off the mask like i promise that i'm gonna do it right yada 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 i was like I talked it over with my with my mentor Sly Lewis. Um, he was like, "Listen, these are pros, these are cons. Which one weighs more to you? And whatever weighs more to you is basically going to be your answer." And then, you know, I ultimately had to sit down by myself and think about it. And I was like, "Well, I know what I felt when I was a child. I felt alone, I felt embarrassed, I felt ashamed, and I kind of wish I had somebody." And that right there was enough for me to go. You know what? Even even if the internet chews my head off and one person goes, you help me is worth it. And that was the inspiration for that. Now, before we get too, too deep, can you, for anybody who doesn't know your story, would you mind giving, and I don't want to give away your whole book necessarily or anything like that, but would you mind giving sort of the, the the preface behind the book and your story, like a a sort of a short version, just in case there's (laughs) listeners who are like, who is flip and what is his story? Yeah. Um, well, I was sexually abused as a child and uh, my abuser was actually my biological father. Um, 
And it was very powerful to write because I feel like so many people are wrapped around, you have to listen to your parents. And that's kind of what prolonged my abuse is because I hear one side, my mom's side, like always listen to your parents, always do this. And then she means well by it because obviously you need guidance in life, right? As a child, but she didn't know what was happening on the other end, right? So it kind of counters what was actually happening. And I, didn't, I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. And the goal behind the book is to expose my abuse and to show people that where you come from is not necessarily where you'll end up, right? Um, also to inspire people, to find people, to inspire them, to motivate them. And I feel like so many people are like, well, well I don't know them. Right, like Will Smith, huge motivation for me in my life. Actually, actually stopped me from me debating on ending my own life. You know, and I feel like so many people are so caught, like, well, I don't know them, so how how can I how can I be inspired by them or motivated by them? You know, and Will Smith is one of those people that saved my life without knowing. I mean, he knows now because I was luckily I was able to meet him. But um, it's just one of those things where you you constantly looking for hope somewhere right and sexual abuse is something that is not spoken about often it's very difficult conversation to have especially as a male which i didn't know before i decided to talk about it and i kind of got tossed into all of this and that's kind of like where it all started um, going for me uh, i didn't realize how massive sexual abuse actually was for males you know um because being a male, I'm I'm tough. Like you can't you can't harm me, right? Um, so that's 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 the whole gist about uh, about the book, and just hoping that it makes people feel less alone who's going through it or who knows somebody that's going through sexual abuse, and to understand that the abuse can come from anywhere. Do you feel like because of what you've been through, there's a certain amount of resilience that you have that others may not have because they haven't been necessarily. <laughs> through because we've talked about you being an american ninja warrior mm -hmm. but to do those obstacle courses there's a certain le level of fearlessness that you have to have was that birth from your story you know this is also where parkour has a big hand as well um everything stepping stones right it's not like i live my abuse I, I i separated from my abuser and then magically i was like mentally tough and all that all these little steps had to be unfolded before i could be the person I am today. Uh, parkour is a perfect example where doing anything parkour related is basically putting fear in your face unless you're considered a daredevil, right? An adrenaline junkie where you're jumping 12 feet from concrete to concrete or from concrete to a, a metal bar, right? Or flipping on concrete. You know, that's all facing fear in your face. And when you're facing fear consistently, day in, day out, day in, day out. And then you realize you're starting to get better a little at a time. Then you start wondering like, well, what else can I, what else am I afraid of that I could tackle every day a little bit at a time and then slowly be more confident in myself? You know, um, that's why parkour is such a huge stepping stone for me. American Ninja Warrior is the same way, just different. Lights, camera, you know, action, people there. Uh, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to fall in obstacle one, but what if I do? What if I don't? What if I, you know, you run all these scenarios where you don't want to be embarrassed and then you, you know, take a breath, you face fear, you get out there, you do your best. People still love you, appreciate you. 
uh, even at your worst. And I've certainly had very bad seasons, but I've also had very good seasons, you know, and, and they're both basically mean the same because people still appreciate and love what you do. Um, so my abuse is a perfect stepping stone to start because I felt like to me, I felt from I started from nothing. I started from the ground where I was ashamed and utterly embarrassed of my story to the point where I thought I was going to take it to the grave with me. So you, um, you've been on 12 seasons and I know the last couple of seasons didn't really go like you wanted necessarily. Mm -hmm. And, but this season is going fantastic so far. Yes. And if you don't know, flip is in the finals stage one. Last I saw, mm -hmm. I don't know if it, how much is pre-recorded versus like put out there, but, um, <laughs> stage one of the finals, which is very difficult to get to. And mm -hmm. so congratulations. Thank you. How has how to me, it feels similar to I'm a huge football fan. So you mm -hmm. grind all season, you're putting it out there. You get to the, the <coughs> first playoff game. And as a Dallas Cowboy fan, as most people know, we never get past the first game. But I feel like the athletes have got to be like, OK, now I have to pick myself back up in January or February start all over again, prepare for the grind. And hopefully I won't feel like I let myself down in the very beginning. I feel like Ninja Warrior has to feel similar in that you spend all year working, training, you get to the stages and you have goals. How far do you want to get? That feels like it was an accomplished year. And as you know, one mess up, it's just one mess up and you're starting all over again. How do you... <laughs> Pick yourself back up time and time again to get to where you are now. You're having a fantastic year. Uh, you know, Ninja Warrior is very, very interesting because, like you said, American Ninja Warrior, you only get one shot. If your yeah. shoelace touches the water, you're out, right? <laughs> at the same time, it is a reality show. So everything's at producer's discretion. Mm. Um, there's no, there's rules. But the audience never knows the rules because AW doesn't explain them on the show. As opposed yeah. to like football, you know the rules, I know the rules, but American Ninja Warrior, you don't know the rules, but I do because I was there, yeah. right? <clears throat> um, so it's one of those things where you have to understand that it's always going to be an unfair advantage to contestants because we are always coming in blind, right? As football, you can study your opponents, right? You can. Do, you could do a lot of homework on your opponents and the football field stays exactly the same every game. My field changes all the time. My rules change all the time. I have no concept of what I'm going to come up against until I'm there. Mm -hmm. So training takes a whole different toll, right? Training, I have to constantly be training harder than previous. Mind you, I understand other sports, same thing, same concept. But I have to train harder mentally because I don't know what I'm coming up against, mm -hmm. right? Um, perfect example is in semifinals. Mm -hmm. You know, we had split decision. I had no idea my upper body obstacle was going to be the dragon back. Yeah. And I had no idea that my balance obstacle was going to be a spin zone, which looks like fidget spinners to me. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. And as automatically, as soon as I saw that, uh, that obstacle, I was like, I'm going spin zone all day. Right, because I'm very good at balance. I'm very comfortable yeah. in balance, uh, especially my parkour background has made that easy. So um, 
it was a no brainer for me, but I had to get there first. Mm. Right. So it's, it, you can always make your game plan up, but you never know until you get past each obstacle at a time. And you're also fighting the weather in LA. It's a little chilly at two, three mm. in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. the previous day might've been warmer or colder. Who knows? Um, Cause little, little inside information is the day that I competed was a lot warmer than the episode that just aired last night. Mm. It was a lot colder that night that my buddy RJ Roman was competing a lot colder than when I competed three days before him. Mm. So it's little things like that because you got to use your hands. Your hands are cold or frozen. They cramp up. Right. So um, there's Mm. things that you have to take into account that most people don't have to deal with. Like basketball players don't have to deal with it because they're inside all the time. Right. Football players, different baseball players, different, you know, rain, snow, whatever it is, unless it gets too bad, it doesn't get canceled. For us, we're stuck rain. No matter what it is, they can cancel it, but there's a good chance they're not because it costs them a lot of money to cancel and reschedule an extra day for everyone to work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. There's, there's pros and cons to it. Um, so basically, you got to understand the game. And when you understand the risks, you understand how much effort you're willing to put into it. And I'm willing to put all my effort in all the time, even though sometimes I feel like a loser on some seasons. <laughs> And it's true. Like we put a lot of effort for something that we get to try once a year. Yeah. So you you kind of you kind of have to really want it. Mm. A lot of what you're saying sounds like life. Mm-hmm. Like, like you were describing the obstacle obstacle course of American Ninja Warrior. Really, you're describing the obstacle course of life because we never know what's going to happen from day to day. We can plan. We can be organized. We can be scheduled. But life has a way of throwing us those those curveballs to where you have to adjust without a moment's notice, right? And you talked about the importance and the ability of having uh, the ability to pivot. How important is that to be able to have that adjustment on the fly? It reminds me of a book that I read that you really have to learn how to practice while you're performing, right? How how important is that? Extremely important. I actually have a saying: uh, trust your training. Uh, because on American Ninja Warrior, because you don't know what you're coming against, you really have to understand how much hard work you put into it prior to that. And if you go into a to an American Ninja Warrior course feeling like you didn't do enough, it will show. You know, it's 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 unfortunate, but it will show. But at the same time, if you go into an American Ninja Warrior course going, "Listen, I trained for this. I'm ready." two different attitudes, two different um, outcomes at the same time. I mean, everyone knows if you think negatively, you're probably going to get a negative result. If you think positively, you're probably going to get a positive result. So it kind of goes hand in hand. American Ninja Warrior is physical and mental at the exact same time. So early in the show, you started off by saying that you had come to a point where you thought about ending your life potentially. Mm-hmm. And that Will Smith, something with Will Smith, maybe he shared a story, whatever it was, mm-hmm. brought you out of that point. Yep. Which now, you know, later has brought you to this point where you're helping other people. Mm-hmm. Your story will do something, if it hasn't already, is doing the same thing. So what, what would it mean to know that you right now are someone else's Will Smith? Um, it's what keeps my gears going. If I'm being honest, people are like, oh, well, 
Why do you do what you do? What gets you out in the morning? Exactly that. Um, do I know all the people that I help? Probably not. Do I know the few that I do help? Absolutely. And because of social media, they're always watching. So that's certain things I feel like I can't or should not do because they're always watching. I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate for leading by example, right? If Will Smith was not so nice to me when I met him, would I be as nice to when I meet people? Probably not. Or maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe it depends how I take this, the, the situation, right? Life is all about perspective. In my opinion, I think everything in life is perspective. There's always going to be an argument for something, right? So I could have, I could have took the way Will treated me. I can be like, that's how I'm never going to treat somebody. Or I'm like, wow, Will is, you know, not that cool. Then I'm going to be like, well, I'm not going to be that cool either. Right? So it all depends on perspective. Luckily for me, Will Smith is exactly who I thought he was and who he sold himself to be. Um, <clears throat> so if Will Smith can be this big A-list like celebrity and still find it in himself to walk into a gymnasium and on the other side, I'm sitting there and he can see me and, and he literally spots me and just comes all the way across the gymnasium. Flip, how you doing? What's going on? Boom. And then go back to the other side. Like, there's just no reason for anyone to be rude. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not at all. So you got to lead by example. And him leading by example has helped me mold my life into what I believe is the right way to live my life. Mind, mind you, everything I talk about is my opinion. I'm not a licensed therapist. I don't have a degree in what, you know, what other people may have. Everything I talk about is my opinion and the things that I've experienced in my life. Because I know some people will take things when I say things. They're like, well, well, who are you to say this? And I'm like, no, it's just take it with a grain of salt. That's all I'm saying. This is my opinion of my life, you know, and that's how I see things. And um, that's just that's just my opinion is if the big one of the biggest stars on the planet finds it in his heart to always be nice to people, then, you know, I have no excuse. <laughs> Absolutely. You you mentioned social media and the power of influence and having that spotlight. There was something that you posted that I thought was really good on your social media. You said that the biggest lesson that you've learned this year is to stop wasting time with people who waste your time. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? <clears throat> um, I'm a, I'm a person that I'm comfortable being vulnerable and being and saying things how they are. The one thing I have learned to do is to never downplay somebody. I, I believe some people are seasonal to certain people, right? So about 10 months ago, almost actually almost a year ago, um, I had what I thought was either like the love of my life, wife, and then I had other people around me as well. And when you step back and assess the people around you, right? And you realize like, man, this person's not doing what they're telling me to do. So why should I listen to them? This person is just complaining all the time on reasons why they can't do something, right? This person is talking about, oh, how this guy's so lucky and he just, it just happened for him, right? When you start realizing who people are, you got, you got to like, you got to like completely step back and, re and assess who is positive to keep in your life and who it's not. About almost a year ago, I took that step. 
you know, and I look back and I was just like, the closest people around me are actually doing more harm to me than good. And when I came to that realization, I was like, I have to make the hardest decisions now in my life. I got to start cutting these people out. You know, um, the last three seasons, it's no fluke that I, I was having some of the worst seasons on American Ninja Warrior. This season, I cut out all distractions. Magic happens now, right? Oh, I'm getting compliments. You're looking the strongest you've ever looked. You're looking so good. No, it's not that I'm looking at I've I've cut off all the distractions, the people that were weighing me down, right? Not to say they're bad people, because they're not. Everybody's different. You know, I believe that some people are just seasonal. That's all. Some people have to transition in their lives before they become the better version of themselves. And sometimes they got to do that by themselves. Like I can't, you can't do it next to me because I'm, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to move on forward. I'm trying to reach my goals and you're not helping me. So if you're not helping me, sorry, but I can't have you by my side. Right. It's just like one of those things where I come to a realization that I got to step back and realize who's flaming, who's, who's, who's flaming my fire right now or, or who's putting it out, you know, as Will Smith. So, so put it. And even then, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And never took action on it until like. I really understood it and other people started saying it and I had to step back and realize like, oh, I'm shocked by the people around me, you know, and that was it. Once, once I took out the people that I believed was weighing me down or wasn't impacting my life positively, literally my life flipped around. That's so powerful. So many people don't understand how critical it is to be very, um, intentional with who you associate with yep. it doesn't necessarily always mean it can mean that you sometimes you have to literally push someone out but typically it means you just have to stop inviting them in yep it's not that you have to be rude you just have to quit inviting them to the party at with your meaning around wherever you're going to your dinners in your life hanging out all those things on a consistent basis if you just leave them to the side they will find their own association, whether they want to up up it or if they want to stay with their same crabs in a bucket, pulling them each other down. Mm -hmm. But you cannot fly if you have too many weights attached to you. You have to just shed those off. Yep. And so, yeah, it's not being rude. So many people think it is. It's rude that the other that the dead weight wants to keep hanging on and pulling you down. That's what's yep. rude. It's not that you want to just kind of push it to the side. And it's not like you're over there saying you out of my life, you out of my life. I mean, mentally, yeah. maybe. And sometimes maybe you literally have to, if it's that bad. Mm -hmm. Typically, it's like an old friend or a family member that you're like, OK, I just not going to hang out with him as much or those yeah. types of things. We all those high school, college buddies who are always like, we should get together. And you're like, yeah, yeah, let me know. You just never yeah. make a point to do it. You're just kind of yeah. busy. And so, yeah, but you, you always gotta, you always gotta reassess your inner circle. I think it's mm -hmm. very important to reassess your inner circle and mm -hmm. realize like, you know, cause life, life experience happens, right? Like when I lost my dog, I probably wasn't the best person to be around for like the last, the, the next six months. I gotta be honest. Yeah. yeah. You know? So at what part of somebody's life do you stay around? You know, cause at those six months, no one could tell me anything. Like no matter how much help you offered me, I didn't want to help myself. Right. And then once you realize like, man, no matter how much I want to help somebody, they have to want the help in order to get the help. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things you got to reassess. And then once you reassess, if the people closest to you, after you try having conversations and they don't want to move forward or, or elevate their, their mind game, I mean, their mind game, their mental game, or, or elevate their, their goals and their dreams, then it, are they worth keeping around maybe? Or are they just being robotic? I always talk about, you know, society living on autopilot all the time. Mm -hmm. you know? How many times do people go, wow, the week went by so fast? That's uh, because you're not living it. It's because you're, you're stuck doing whatever you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And you're literally on autopilot. You do the same thing every single day. Mm -hmm. And that is the scariest moment. That's how it goes from one year to the next. You don't, you mm -hmm. don't live day by day. You live on, on autopilot. You're just on routine, you know? Binge and Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Oh, you're good, bro. Flip, we always uh, end the show, the last segment for our guest that we call Off Script, mm -hmm. where we ask our guests to leave our audience with that last piece of whatever is on your heart. It doesn't have to necessarily have to do with the topic, <coughs> whatever's on your heart that you want to leave with mm -hmm. our unscripted family. Uh, this is a good one. I love this one. Um, understand. To, to come to the understanding that people are all different. And what I mean by that is rule A may not necessarily apply to person B, right? So to, to welcome in the difference, especially when it comes to opinions right now in society, because God forbid someone has a difference of opinion on something that's major happening in the globe, and all of a sudden people are fighting. And it drives me crazy that we can't come together as humans to go, listen, you know what? You're for all lives matter. I'm for black lives matter. That's okay. Right? Like I respect your opinion. Now what you're doing, if you're, if you're intentionally inflicting harm to someone, it's a little different, but to have your own opinion, that's there. What's wrong with that? That's why there's different colors, shapes, and sizes, right? Cause not one fits all. That's just how, that's just how life works. Right? So uh, to to understand that being different isn't a negative thing. That's that's like my biggest thing. That's what I do on my Twitch streams. Uh, it's it's literally a family of difference of opinions, and we don't jump down each other's throat for it. Right? We accept it. And if you listen, you want to fight a good cause, you know, Roe versus Wade, whatever side you're on on that. Like, it's okay to have the difference of opinion. And I still love you and I appreciate you for it. As long as anything, anything you're doing is coming from the pureness of your heart, as opposed to pure hate. Those are two different, those are two different motives right there. As long as it's coming from pureness of your heart, hey, you got my blessing. Stay connected with Flip. Follow him on Instagram at youngflip7. And of course, go out and purchase his book, The Man Behind the Mask. Thank you, Flip Rock Reeves, for having this amazing, authentic, open conversation. Uh, and always stay connected here with us on Unscripted. Follow us on all social media platforms at Unscripted Leadership. You can check out our website, unscripted-leadership.com. Of course, our podcast is available on all streaming platforms. If you want to help to continue to support our mission of developing and empowering leaders in the areas of business, family, and community, you can do so patreon.com backslash unscripted leadership. As always, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. We're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, God bless you.